0: Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Winging It Motown Radio. I am your host, Kyle McElmurray. We've got JJ, Mike, and Peter tonight. Um, We're going to talk a little Red Wings hockey. We're going to answer your questions. Um and yeah, pretty much uh par for the course. Uh gentlemen, how are you doing tonight? Great. <laughs> All right, everybody's fine. No, Dude, yeah, well. it's every. No, I don't care anymore. You missed your point. You, I don't give a shit anymore. Everybody's fine. All right,
1: cool. I've got ice cream.
0: I don't care what you have. It doesn't matter. <laughs> you had your chance and you fucked it up. I'm sorry. So I was
2: waiting for can... JJ's best. No, no, no no no, ever. no, no,
0: no, 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 You can fuck yourself at this. point. No, y'all gotta go before me. Yeah. No. Kyle, how are you? I'm, I'm fine. I'm doing really well, and I, I'm, I'm really good because I answered the question when someone asked me. <laughs> Anyways, I'm a little spicy tonight. All right, um, got some stuff to talk about Red Wings stuff. So uh, we we'll just dive right in on that. Talk about the Red Wings as of late, um, which uh, still not very good. Uh, nothing new there. Uh, I, I guess you could say they're still they're making improvements, um, getting better in certain spots. As uh, coach pulls his head out of his ass and starts making uh, making some adjustments with the lineup, um, as people players start getting uh healthy you know obviously there are more changes on the horizon but we've seen uh seen a uh a, a surge of offense from some of the younger names like anthony mantha and andreas Athodosiu. to see you after after to see you was benched uh, uh he was then uh, brought back and put on a line with uh nielsen and thomas Vanek, and uh ever since then he's just done nothing but score uh points so um you know I guess that's great. I mean, whatever. I'm not going to be sour grapes over it at this point if he's scoring and I'm having fun. So um, it's just good to see him thriving uh, in a spot where he should be because he's definitely the kind of player that should be playing alongside skill players like Nielsen and Vanek and not alongside just useless plug players like Drew Miller and uh, Steve Ott. Um, You know, it just kind of goes to show. um, I don't care what kind of player you put – You know, next to Steve Ott or Andrew Miller, uh, it's just not going to put up much offense because that's just how terrible those players are. Um, What are you guys talk? like? How 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 are you feeling about the way that things are starting to unravel um, as we inch closer to the All Star Game break and uh, the trade deadline?
3: I have still somehow i don't know i'm probably in denial i guess i still somehow haven't given up entirely on the concept of the red wings making a run to the playoffs and i know i really ought to um but i have gotten to the point where i am not necessarily i I don't want to say i'm not not rooting for wins because i am i don't want the red wings to lose games and every time every game they lose sucks um but I am honestly watching for the process. I find myself focusing on making sure that like I'm watching like almost like a scout. Like I'm watching Manta and making sure he's making smart plays and you know, I'm I'm trying to, to gauge whether I feel Athanasiu is uh, paying attention to detail or whether I think he's he's trying a little bit too hard to, to make things happen you know I'm watching sprawl to see whether or not that's that it's a case of, of him and honestly in the last game it wasn't of, of him playing well I'm I'm trying to key on in, on Willett, and then I'm basically spending the you know Miller and Ott shifts uh, making jokes on Twitter as opposed yeah. to watching so like it's I'm still emotionally invested in the games, but with fewer opportunities for me to like jump up off the couch and and cheer, which I still do, uh, just not as often as I'd like to. I I do find alternate ways of, of enjoying the team that I'm I don't have expectations for the playoffs.
0: Yeah, I uh, I kind of have reached that point where you know winning is fun. I like winning. Uh, losing sucks, uh, and I hate watching the team lose. Um, but I have. Uh, officially accepted the fact that I don't want them to go to the playoffs. I think that they shouldn't go to the playoffs. Uh, and I think that they should just keep doing what they're doing right now, um, which at its core is not going to be a team that will make the playoffs. Um, and I think they just need to kind of just stick to what they're doing. And that's that. And when trade deadline t- comes and they're on the outside looking in, or they're last in the division or second to last in the division, and they need to sell. Uh, they need to sell a couple of things. Um, you know, I'm not saying fire sale. I'm just saying sell some rental players and, and uh, get some get some draft picks or some prospects. And, uh, you know, assume some sort of an identity going forward. Uh, whether it's going to be a reload or a rebuild, I don't know. Um, but they definitely need to. Uh, they, they You know, I, I don't think I want them to make the playoffs. But at the same time, I'm not going to get mad if they win games. So, um, it, it, that's just where I stand. And I'm with you on that J.J., the whole watching the process of players like Anthony Mantha uh, and Andreas Etha to see you kind of uh, assume larger roles with the team. I mean, Mantha has been a top line player. He's been a first line player, and he's performed as as such. Um, and yeah, it, it's it's been good. and then you 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 nitpick other things like I think I think Peter Mrazek is garbage right now. And it bothers me a lot. But I guess it best best for it to happen right now, then I don't know if the team was in a completely different situation. So, yeah, I, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm right there with you, except for the fact that I don't think they're going to make a run. And I don't really want them to. I just kind of want them to. I want to see what Ken Holland is going to do now. I want to see him in a different uh, phase of this team. Uh, uh, Peter and uh, Mike. Uh, What about you guys?
2: Yeah, um, I mean, I I think, uh, you know, uh, the last little while, the team seems to alternate. Like, you know, I'm not saying, you know, one game on, one game off. Um, You know, there seems to be like two kind of games lately. Um, One of the games is... Uh, the game where, like, the fans, you know, you just kind of feel numb. Like, oh, they scored. Okay, they scored again. And, like, it doesn't really... Like, like, it's almost like you expect it. It doesn't really hurt anymore. Um, but the the thing that sucks is, like, when, you know, you have those games where it seems like just everything's going bad, like, sometimes it seems like, you know, the players don't really seem to care as much. Um, you know, so obviously those are, you know, the the ones that are really hard to watch. You know, but then some of the games lately have been... You know exciting uh you know there's been comebacks like uh you know the last game um and then uh you know going back a little while because we haven't recorded in a while um the you know centennial classic you know that third period you know we're down but then you know the comeback like that was a lot of fun i mean that was uh you know some of the most excited you know i've kind of felt watching these games in a while um I mean, I, I don't remember like, you know, when the last time this has happened, but like, you know, it felt like I couldn't remember, you know, the last time we've had like a real big comeback, like, you know, right at the end of the game like that. Um, you know, it always feels like, you know, we kind of press, but we can't like, you know, that last minute of the game, maybe 45 seconds to a minute of the game, you know, it was just non-stop pressure. And it was just, you know, really fun to watch. Right. Um, you <laughs <laughs> know, so I'm oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Yeah, so, like, I mean, you know, I'm I'm looking for, you know, I'm hoping for that for the rest of the season, you know, to see them, you know, them pushing. They're going to make mistakes, but, you know, I want to see them pushing, you know, and I want to see, you know, things for the future. You know, like, I'd like to see, I'm not really sure who hasn't really gotten a shot this year that, that you know, should be up here, you know, like any more prospects that should be up here, you know, but if there, you know, if there's players that, you know, need a chance, you know, I want to see them, you know, give him a chance. I want to see some of the, you know, um, you know, you know, let Sproul play for a while. I mean, he, he didn't play well last time, you know, but he's played well earlier, you know, let him, you know, you know, let's see what we got in him. Let's, you know, see, you know, Jensen a little bit more. Um, you know, let's see, you know, if some of these players are going to be players are going to help us in the future, or if they're just kind of like, you know, it doesn't really matter either way. Right. Uh
0: uh, the answer to that is every prospect right now gets a, it deserves a chance uh, with the state of the team. So they need to start figuring out what they have. They're talking about the Red Wings and uh, their uh, how how we feel about uh, the team uh, with the given the state of things. Mike, what about you?
1: I think I finally understand where Lions fans are coming from. Oh no, no, you don't.
0: <laughs> you really don't. <laughs> trust me, it's not. I mean, it's yeah. It's not even close to that. To so thank God, no,
1: it's it's not like what, what what's the I'm not a football person, so forgive me, but like, what, 60 years in the running for, for the Lions that they can't get their 1950 was together? the last
0: time they won a championship.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, you know, it's it's not quite that level, but like the the last game I was listening on the radio and I was like, oh my God, we actually have a chance. And then, you know, it's heading to overtime and just before the overtime, oh, there, there's been a penalty. Hang on, what's going on? I'm just thinking to myself, oh God, of course. You know, but it wasn't like... It wasn't, like, gut-wrenching like it would have been last year during the playoff hunt. It was just kind of like, meh, par for the course. So yeah. I, th- I think you guys have kind of hit the the watching nail on the head. If you can find something within the microcosm to to focus on in, instead right. of, you know, fighting it out for the wins and the losses, you know, there, there's a roller coaster to be ridden in every game. And if you can enjoy that, and, you know, sometimes you're going to be Climbing up anticipating and other times you're going to be screaming your head off excited and other times you're going to be shitting your pants and if you can enjoy all three of those phases then you're still going to have a good time regardless of if the wings win or lose right Just like old age
0: yeah pretty much uh yeah. we get a motown radio uh talking more about uh you know the the kids basically and the, the younger players i mean obviously mantha and after to see you have been the headline players and in, in this uh you know, youth movement, if you will. Um, But, you know, there are other names out there. Uh, You know, Nick Jensen, Xavier Ouellette, Ryan Sproul. Um, You know, guys like these uh, who, you know, uh, obviously need to be taken into account of it. And I I think personally for me, um, uh, the standout player out of all of them is Ouellette. Uh, I think he... He fell off the list for me um, at one point, and he has put himself back on the map. Uh, and I I really, really uh, hope he continues to go forward with uh, the way he's been playing. Uh, I'd like to see a little bit more um, offense from him, but he's playing a solid, a solid game, and I like that. Um, Sproul has kind of fallen off. Uh, I think he's had a couple of rough games, and... You know after playing really well so hopefully he could pick that up jensen is still just i mean he's not bad he's not great but he's not bad um but i still don't think jensen is a guy that's going to be uh a, a, a building block i mean he's an old he's old so uh given uh you know what the the red wings need to be doing but you know i'm not gonna say that i he's a bad player by any means and then um I mean, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of, um, uh, I guess criticism, if you will, going around about Dylan Larkin. Um, you know, and I don't, I'm not going to touch on this very much because I think it's petty and really annoying. Um, but, uh, you know, it just seems like there, you know, people are just wanting to complain about pretty much anything at this, at this point. So, um, I'll say that Larkin has been underwhelming, but he's still doing things right. He's still, uh, you know, a a straw that stirs the drink uh, many, uh, very often. Um, You know, I think he's just a product of what his team is right now, and that's just a mediocre team. Um, And, I mean, it goes hand-in-hand with Nyquist and Tatar. Uh, You know, Tatar obviously still... I, I think he's starting to warm up a little bit. You saw him score that goal against Chicago. Um, so And Larkin was a big part of that goal. So, um, you know, uh, so, J.J., uh, talking more about the, the, the young players uh, who has stood out to you and who's, uh, who has kind of blended in and, you know, what, 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 what you look for going forward with that.
3: Honestly, the call on, uh, on Wulet is really good because it's not that he's necessarily standing out. He, he's doing – honestly, Wulet is doing exactly what Marchenko did last year yeah. where it's mm-hmm. like I hadn't I hadn't noticed him until you get to thinking about it. It's like, no, the reason I haven't noticed him was for a really good reason. Um, he's slowly been getting a little bit – because a lot of what, what was making him – Play, not it wasn't making him, but it was helping him play really well. Was he was getting sheltered, but he's getting less and less sheltered as we go on, and he's still handling those duties well enough. Um, so I think that's a really good call. I think mm-hmm. um, Sproul does still have the more explosive potential, but he's just he's making a lot of mistakes. I totally agree with you on Jensen. I, I think Jensen is good. I just think that he's at a point in development where his like he's set to be a, a supremely good AHL defenseman um, and a, a, I mean, he's he's going to be capable as a third pairing guy, I guess, but mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. He's like the, the good Brian Lashoff, really. Um, yeah, that's a good comparison. On the offensive side, uh, yeah, Mantha has, has been amazing to watch. I've, I've really enjoyed just how well, he uses his reach. It's not just his his size, and you can tell that that uh, putting on the pounds he's put on, he has gotten NHL big, and that's that's huge. So, but like the way he can reach around and, and get pucks that that other guys can't do uh, without putting his head in danger too, and that's that's a big thing because you see a lot of guys that are trying to make those reaches, and they'll end up getting plastered. But he he's actually really smart about his, his positioning. Um, and obviously Athenasiou, after getting bench comes back and he scores as many points in three games as Riley Shane has all season mm-hmm. um, <laughs> mm-hmm. that's the thing though it's like as far as the youth you kind of don't have a choice but to be impressed because if they're not that impressive uh, they're not sticking around uh, like Tyler Bertuzzi didn't come back after his injury and honestly I don't disagree with that he's been a little bit slow to get started back up with uh with Grand Rapids too and with the way his development process is going it's probably better to to let him to let him get back into a groove down in Grand Rapids um and I, that's the thing is I'm I'm happy with with the kids I and honestly I there's a lot of crap for the, the way Jeff Blashill is is treating them you know the the benching of Athens EU specifically um, <laughs> honestly though and I hate to give, you know, Blashill any any credit for actually doing a good thing. um as as you coming back and scoring six points in three games directly after being benched, I'm not going to say that it's all about doing that because, obviously, he wasn't playing with, with Nielsen and Vanek before then, and that is a, a huge difference. Like you would said, that, you know, playing with, with pluggers um, – wasn't a good fit for him. Obviously the kid thinks the game really fast. And if you kind of, if you put him with guys that are going to challenge him, um, creative passers like he's got, you're going to get stuff like that. Um, but I don't want to say that there, there's been no difference in play because before he got benched, I wasn't terribly impressed with him in a few games. And it was specifically because of attention to detail, uh, which he seems to have gotten back. So, um, Mm -hmm. I don't want to say Blashill is doing a good job coaching, but I at least want to give him credit for that.
0: Sure. I and I, I agree with you um in that. Um talking about the prospects, the kids uh who have um who has stood out to us and who have uh who have kind of blended in and not, not looked uh not looked so great. Uh the Peter, um your observations. Uh
2: yeah, sure. I mean uh Pretty much, I'd say what you guys have already said. So um, I'm going to try to point out something different. Um, kind of combining what uh, what JJ was just talking about with um, you know the decisions that has made uh, in regards to the kids um, or the youth. You know, I think um, you know somebody like Sproul, like you know, like we all said, he was playing he was playing better earlier in the year. Um, he was looking you know definitely dangerous on the power play, which is something that we obviously really need um, and. You know, I I mean, thinking back to how he was playing before he just got benched for however many games in a row. Um, I mean, I don't remember him doing something that, you know, doing things that were that much worse than what our other defense were doing. You know, like most games, you know, we have defensemen making, you know, pretty bad decisions, you know. Um, so I'd like to see him, you know, get a run of games um, you know, even if he's making mistakes, it's kind of like what we said before, you know, let's see, you know, he definitely has that offensive upside. You know, if he's going to make mistakes like last game, he definitely made some big mistakes, you know, but let him play. You know, you know, don't just sit him next game. Like, I mean, from what I remember reading today, it sounds like he's not going to play next game, you know, put him out there. let him Let him make some mistakes and let him, you know, try to overcome that and play through it and, you know, play better next game. Um, and you know, give him a real run to see you know if he's going to be able to bounce back, if he's going to be able to somebody you know somebody we can put in the lineup in the future, um, or if you know if those mistakes are kind of what we're going to get out of him. You know, and that's that's what I would like to say. Sure. Uh, all right,
0: uh, Mike. What about you?
2: Uh I, I mean, it's, it's
1: <laughs> you guys covered most of it. To be perfectly honest, um, yeah, I, I like the play of. Most of the kids, I I think some of the guys need to start showing um, that they can handle the the rigors all the time instead of some of the time, like like what uh, blashell has been doing, trying to do with Sproul anyway. But I I don't know that I agree with the way he's doing it. I think I might just leave him in there and let him know that you know you're a big boy now, and and these are the kind of things you're going to have to fight your way through, as opposed to you know pulling him off on. Onto the bench for a game, but I mean, you know, that's that's why he's head coach and I'm not.
3: Yeah, I think you really run into the concern there with letting them in there is that stuff like that can really snowball on a kid. Um, You know, he had uh, two awful periods against Chicago. He played really, really bad, poorly. And uh, you know, if you just like, oh, hey, just get back on your horse. There's some kids who absolutely do need that kind of a challenge. Um, Honestly, I think Dylan Larkin is one of those and that's kind of what I see. Like I watched Larkin on the bench and he looks furious. Like the guy looks like he wants to chuck grenades on the ice. Um, Yeah. And that's, I think that's good for him because you could tell Larkin is, is really internalizing that and, and pushing hard. And some kids uh, don't know how to find their way out of that. And I think Larkin does know. I don't know enough about Sproul. Um, but, like, I, I honestly thought that what was going to happen, I I thought that the fact that he only got one shift uh, lasting a minute six in the third period against Chicago would have been that opportunity to kind of, like, cool down and get back on top of it and, yeah, the next game go back and get on the horse. It doesn't look like that's going to happen, though. Um, but I don't know. Like, I'm not upset about the concept of, of him sitting for a, another game to kind of get his head back on right um, because he was – like, he went spearfishing for the puck, uh, especially on that uh, the penalty that led to the first Chicago goal um, where uh, Ablocator – was it the second goal – Shit, I don't care. Uh, applicator missed it, and then Sproll mm-hmm. missed it, and uh, before you knew it, there was a guy behind everybody. Um, that's just a, a really bad defensive play that you can't do, and so um, the need to to kind of sit and, and take stock of that is is there. But at the same time, I, I do worry that uh, part of what kept getting Sprol in trouble is he kept jumping into the play, and like one of them, uh, I think it was the. It was definitely, it was the third odd man rush that Erickson was back defending, um, where Sproul probably got yelled at for doing it, but in all honesty, Sproul was creating offense in the offensive zone with the puck, doing something aggressive, and Thomas Vanek is the guy who should have gotten back. He was the third forward that absolutely should have recognized what Sproul was doing, and I don't want Sproul getting blamed for... For things that the that the forwards are supposed to be doing, because honestly, the Red Wings do need their defensemen to be willing to jump up into the play like that. Uh, just you got to be smarter about picking your spots.
1: Yeah, yeah and, I, and that's I, ki- that's I, kind of the game now is active defensemen and, and having your defensemen do what our our defensemen did for however many years with uh, like like the likes of Lidstrom and Rafalski and even. Uh, Chelios with being able to cycle the puck up and, and jump into the play and uh, drive offense from the back end and yeah learning has to happen
0: yeah it's uh, it's going to be there's going to be growing pains and uh, you'll have to learn and they most certainly will do that uh, there is <laughs> plenty of time for them to, to learn I don't think there's any sort of clock ticking for them right now because obviously they're last in the division it's not like they're it's not like the window is closing, uh, the windows fucking closed. So, um, not to be grim or anything, but, um, you know, they've got time to learn and, you know, the players do, um, the younger kid, the players do. Um, uh, unfortunately, uh, I don't know how long the coach has, but, um, you know, will that remains to be seen. Uh, we need a Motown radio, uh, moving on to our next, uh, little bit here. Um, I'm going to go into a little hot take corner uh, right before we dive into the positivity corner. Um, and basically what, uh, what I, I decided to go with, instead of going around the league, we, if you have any questions, if there are any questions, hopefully that you just ask them in the comments. Um, but if the Wings do make a push for the playoffs on uh, the off chance that it does happen, uh, do... You, I guess the question that I'm posing is: Do you find that as a fan uh, better than them taking a dive uh, and not like like tanking it out, you know? But like not making the playoffs and uh, assuming uh, a top draft pick this year and maybe next year. um, I mean, what do you see as most beneficial, um, not only to the team but to you as a fan? uh, uh, You know, for your the longevity of your, uh, sports, uh, your sportsing, uh, I guess your sports watching, uh, sanity. Um, I, and I'll go ahead and, I mean, I pretty much made it pretty vocal. Uh, I think that the Red Wings have a core of, uh, you know, Manta Larkin, uh, and at I think those should be your, your building blocks right there. Um, and then plug in maybe one more, one or two more players, uh, a good defensive prospect, maybe another good center. Um, because what they have right now, I mean, the Red Wings, their pool of prospects is not as good as people think it is. It's not very good at all. I mean, you're looking at your top prospect right now, as, uh, you know, if you take Samantha out of the equation, uh, you're looking at uh, what, Spencer DeKoff, you got Hickett's, you know, good players, but I'm not talking, we're not talking elite talent by any means. So, Um, They seriously need to address that, and that's not something they're going to be able to address in free agency like Ken Holland uh, seems to have been sold snake oil on. Um, So I certainly think that maybe one to two years, maybe a quick... Kind of like looking at what the Leafs are doing. Um, Albeit they did tank out, and they did sell off a bunch of assets, and they did go full fire sale. Um, But they... Defied the logic uh, that Ken Holland thinks a rebuild is, which is assuming that you're just going to be dog shit, uh, donkey proctologist for eight years. Um, No, they're doing it in, you know, three, four years. I mean, they're probably going to make the playoffs and they have a hell of a team. And, uh, you know, that's the model. That's like that would be like best case scenario for the Red Wings. Um, but you know, I don't know if that's going to happen because I don't think the Red Wings are going to fall into a player like Mitch Marner and, um, uh, Austin Matthews, because whether you like it or not, Nolan Patrick is a good hockey player. Um, but he's not Austin Matthews and I don't even think he's a Mitch Marner either. So, um, you know, that, that just is what it is. Uh, so anyways, going back to well, the question I was posing, uh, we'll go ahead and we'll go ahead and reverse reverse order this time around. um, What is best? You want to see them make a push for the playoffs or do you want to see them simply just assume what is going on right now and maybe just hug on to the bottom of the division and sell off assets uh, as you can. Uh, Mike, uh, we'll let you you lead off here.
1: Well, if I'm not mistaken, they've got a lot of man games lost to injury. I I don't think it's really like the top players, but I think For me personally, I I don't put a whole lot of stock in that. I I think that anybody who's going to make a push in the playoffs generally tends to overcome the the man-games-loss injury thing. Um, But for a lot of other fans, I think that probably makes a difference in the whole tank versus push um, scenario. Now, being as far back as we are points-wise, I'm not even sure that we have the possibility to, to sell some assets and buy our way into the playoffs, but I wouldn't put it past Ken Holland to try it. Um, but I, that, that's just going to end up uh, pushing us farther back in all reality. Because, um, like you said, I, I mean, we've got some good pieces in the organization, um, but we don't have great pieces. And, and you have to have great pieces. Uh, if you're going to be successful in this league. And and we've seen that with, you know, the teams that have lucked into these generational players like Crosby uh, and Ovechkin in the past and, um, you know, line A Matthews. I know it's a little early to call them generational, but they're certainly trending that way um, right now. Uh, so personally, I I'd, I'd be okay seeing the streak end and, Um, just kind of going from there and, and starting the rebuild, maybe not going full tank mode this year, um, just because of the assets that are on the table. Uh, but at least starting to gather assets, draft picks, that kind of thing. Um, but I don't know if that's going to be right for everybody. And and I've got the sneaking suspicion that it would be very much not right for, for every fan.
0: Uh, yeah, for sure. Um, all right. Uh, what about you, Peter talking about, uh, what's better? Should they should they make a push, uh, or should they assume what they're what they're at right now? And that's just a, a bottom bottom team. Uh,
2: yeah, I mean, I think there's a there's a split. You know, like the the way you asked the question, I think is interesting because I think there's a split for me. Whereas, you know, just as a fan who who loves the team, um, I want to I like that part of me wants to see them. You know. Push for the playoffs. I want to see them in the playoffs. I want to see them do well in the playoffs. You know, I mean, I think like for every fan, like that's kind of you know what we want. Um, but the kind of the realist in me, um, you know, the one who's trying to look at the situation objectively, um, you know, I think you know we could theoretically make the playoffs this year. You know, but the way our team is built, you know, I don't think that's going to help us. Um, you know, we need you know like you like you've been saying you know we need you know to get um higher draft picks um and so even though you know like you said you're 100 right you know it doesn't seem like there's you know one of those really really top players this year um you know the the higher up we finish in the draft you know the you know better chance we have of getting somebody who's you know you know is not going to be like you know Connor mcdavid where he's basically pulling the oilers into the playoffs on his back you know but you know you know some you know other top players like they're going to be you know really helpful. Um, and then you know it's it's going to be a couple year process. Like it's not like hey we're going to kind of stink this year. We're going to get like a pretty good draft pick and everything's going to be better next year. You know if you look at the way we're structured with our contracts, like it's going to be you know a couple years, three years, um, you know maybe you know I would say somewhere between like three and five years. To do it right. And I'm not saying we're going to suck for five years. I don't mean like that. But, you know, like we're not going to be that good for a couple of those years, you know, and then maybe we can start to, you know, kind of build back up and see that process, you know, that um, the progress. And at the end of that, be in a position where, you know, we've kind of solved the problems that we have right now and we're, you know, built a lot better for the future.
3: All right. And uh, JJ.
2: All
3: right. I'm going to break up the monotony and say you're all dumb assholes. Um, no, it's not that I, 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 I agree, you're basically all talking and and Peter touched on this quite a bit, um, from the probability standpoint of, of what is most likely to bring success in the future for the Red Wings. And I can't argue that the, um, rebuild formula is more likely to bring that success than what the Red Wings currently have planned. Um, but I don't give a shit. What is best for the Red Wings is that the lowest point in this epic for them is, oh shit, they were six points out of a playoff spot, uh, in the second week of January, they came storming back to make the playoffs. And then they, um, on the backs of some wildly, uh, gamble, you know, some huge gamble, um, the superstars that they were looking for ended up being right there for them. Svetchnikov came up, and he was a fucking monster, and Tyler Bertuzzi was the next coming of the entire grind line, and everything kicked ass. And I know that's not very likely, and I don't give a shit. That's what I want to have happen, is for the Red Wings to not miss the playoffs and to also get back to being dominant. And I know um, that's not what the NHL is, is designed for anymore, but I also know that intentionally rebuilding um, honestly taints it for me. The concept of the fact that the Red Wings gave in to the NHL's uh, parody grinder would uh, obviously it would be better to win the cup and it's not like it would uh, you know, oh shit, a, a slightly cheapened win is is, not, is better than not winning at all uh, is absolutely true. But I, I don't think it's best to go ahead and do the rebuild. Especially right now, I don't think the Red Wings are I think even logically thinking, I don't think that the the management is in the right place for that rebuild. So as far as the rest of the season goes, try to win as many games as you can while also developing the kids that you've got. Um, might as well run for it. I'm not going to be sad if the Red Wings end up... I mean, I'm going to be sad if, if the Red Wings miss the playoffs. If they end up making the playoffs by one point, I'm not going to cry about that. Um, if they end up not selling... Thomas Vanek or, or Mike Green or any of the other pieces that they really ought to be selling, uh, I'm going to criticize them for it because there is plenty of logical reason to say they should have done differently. Um, but honestly, in my heart of hearts, as a, as a fan, I'm not going to be broken up about that. I, uh, the, the worst thing that could happen is the Red Wings miss the playoffs on a tiebreaker at the end of the season. Uh, <laughs> Boston, suck it. Um, because that makes it less likely that they're going to be able to get an impactful draft pick, and it makes it less likely that they will have sold the pieces to to better position themselves. Um, But in terms of what I want to see, I want to see them win every game.
0: Sure, yeah. um, I don't – if they make the playoffs and uh, they get destroyed by the, the lightning again, Um, I'm going to be very fucking pissed off. And that's just what I I, because I don't want to watch that anymore. I'm not interested in it. Um, I just I honest to God, the weird part of me would just rather watch them just stay the course of developing kids. And if they win games and make the playoffs that way, great. Like you said, JJ, but I don't want them to, like, go out the trade deadline and try and require, you know, fucking Daniel Winnick and David Leguan to try and push them <laughs> over the top or some dumb shit like that, um, you know, and I, I think Ken Allen probably might still try and do that because he's an idiot, so I don't know, whatever, we'll just see what happens, um, and no, I don't think they're going to, they're not going to flip the switch, on. A, they're not going to pull the trigger on a, a rebuild um and because i'm convinced this team is not rebuilding with Ken Holland uh in charge i don't think Ken Holland is interested in doing that i think he will resign before that happens uh and i think that the Ken Holland resigning will be the trigger on a rebuild so um you probably got a couple of years before before that even happens um so we in Motown radio moving on to the next topic here uh positivity corner uh, as we always do um so uh, the positive, uh, the positive, my positive thoughts on the Red Wings, uh, basically it's the same as it is every, every episode. I just am thoroughly enjoying watching Anthony Mantha play. Um, and now I'm starting to enjoy watching, watching Andreas At see you play even more because he gets to play with actual players uh, in an actual role. So I'm really enjoying that, and I think it's a lot of fun. And uh, I think that, uh, let's see. Uh, you know what? I think Danny DeGeyser is starting to play better, too. I think he's getting better. So there, there's some positivity because I've been extremely hard on him, and it's been very, uh, very deserving. He's been very deserving of criticism because he hasn't been good. But I feel like he's improving. Yeah. Um, still not living up to the contract that he has. Um, and I don't know if he ever will, but, um, you know, at least there's some improvement there. Uh, Peter, you.
2: Um, yeah. Uh, for the, the on-ice stuff, I would say um, uh, I'm positive about uh, in the last you know, stretch of games, I'm positive to see um, the Red Wings show some resilience Obviously, not all the all the time, not every game, like we talked about. Um, but you know, Centennial Classic, they go down, they come back. Um, you know, last night, you know, first period, not very good at all. Go down two goals, and then you know, come back out the second period. You know, play a much better period. Um, you know, so I'm, you know, I'm, I'm I'm glad to see that. I'm glad to see you know them bouncing back from adversity, um, at least some of the time. Uh, and then, yeah, on a personal note, I'm really looking forward to this coming weekend. You know, flying out to Detroit, gonna get to see. I think, I think all you guys, right. Um, we'll and, uh, see one day. yeah. And then, you know, getting to see, uh, see, uh, two games. Um, I think it's going to be a lot of fun.
0: Good. Uh, uh, Mike, uh, what about you positivity corner?
1: Oh man, Peter actually stole my, uh, on ice thing. I was going to say, I was happy to see them fighting back, but, um, I'm, um, I'm glad to see somebody kind of off of our radar get nominated and, uh, uh, except the all star bid and Franz Nielsen. I, I think that's that that's a, a good thing for us to be able to celebrate, you know, somebody new in the city instead of just sending, you know, uh, Henrik Setterberg every year or, or even last year sending uh, uh, Dylan Larkin who was kind of, you know, the the golden boy uh, automatically. Um, so that's that's gonna be neat and that's kind of a celebration of hey, maybe Ken Holland actually, you know, did a signing somewhat right for once so uh and then um off the ice we um i'm under two months now to my wedding date so um, all right congratulations I'm, yeah awesome yeah about about to be taken uh, well i've been taken off the market for a while but it, it's about to be legally off the market so you know there we go
3: all right uh jj Ah, uh, damn the Franz Nielsen thing was really good answer because he's like He's been playing really well, and I feel he hasn't been getting nearly enough credit for, for how well he's done. Um, part of that is a, a brutally bad PDO leading to a brutally bad uh, plus-minus. Um, but he is just, you know, don't notice him in bad position because he's not. Um, he works hard every game, and I really appreciate that. Uh, off the ice, uh, since Peter stole my uh, coming to Detroit over the weekend thing, I will say that the um, preparation that uh, Mike and Peter have been doing for the expansion draft look, uh, I think those are really good pieces. I'm I'm enjoying reading all of those. Uh, I want to say good job, guys. Well, all right. All right. So um, we need a Motown Radio here for you, uh,
0: the Play the Kids edition. We are going to toss two reader questions uh, to close this out. Uh, looks like we got a handful of them tonight. And as always, J.J. will um, read them in a very uh, dashing and sexy voice like he always does because he's a dashing and sexy gentleman.
3: Uh, J.J. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Go. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> go for it. Yeah, we did. we got a lot of comments on this. Fortunately, not many of them are actually questions. Yeah. Because um, there's a lot of answering and not a lot of questioning. But hey, whatever. Yeah, I'll do you. Uh, I'm actually going to start off uh, pretty far down because Acadiani6 asked a question that unfortunately got lost the last time we recorded um, due to the the gremlins in the system. So let's just start off with that one for for fairness. How much do you miss The Mule? Uh, When you talk about The Mule, you think of The Mule. You think
0: of Johan Franzen at his peak, and uh, I miss that a lot because... uh, at his height and his peak, uh, Johan Franzen was a downright dominant player. Um, So yeah, I'd like to have that uh, back. I miss that a lot. And I just miss Johan Franzen because, you know, he pisses
2: players like Chris Neal off and that was always fun. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think the only real answer is just a lot.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I don't know how you come up with anything other than like tears streaming down your face of what could have been.
3: I think a better answer would be an ass load.
2: Okay. Yes. Oh, I'll go with that.
3: Imagine this team with Johan Franzen playing well still, um, Thomas Vanek, Thomas Vanek, and and Anthony Mantha. There would be absolutely no reason to pay or to play uh, Justin Amplicator anywhere near the top line because he is, in terms of the the power forward. Uh, the fourth best one of those guys by a long shot. And I think that would create a lot of, uh, a lot of benefits for the team. So yeah, the, the team really misses Johan Franz And it took until we got, uh, we just signed uh, a to really get a guy. That is what we lost in, in Johan Franz And obviously, uh, Vanek is probably better than, than Fransson ever was. Um, but still the, the way he could take over games. And even though he was streaky, uh, Johan Franzen was incredible, and I I, th- I really do miss the hell out of the guy. Okay, uh, Rhode Island Red. We we pretty much talked about the potential of our young demon, um, but he does ask are any Grand Rapids uh, bright spots. So, uh, who's who's tracking the Griffins right now? I am. Uh, the Grand Riff- the Griffins as a whole is a bright spot. but The
0: whole team is firing on all cylinders. Everyone, even the the, uh, the veteran players are playing a huge role. Um, you know, you'd like to see some more production out of the younger guys. Like, Svetchikov I think, only has 15 points. Um, you know, Sadoway has kind of uh, has kind of been underwhelming. But, you know, they've got, you know, they're, they're both rookies. That's, that's fine. It happens. Uh, and they're not projected to make the NHL this year anyways, uh, uh, or even next year. So, yeah. Um, I think I think they're doing a great. Uh, they've got a good group of players and guys like Lorido and uh, Ford and you know leading the way. And Chris Cuiolo has uh, been really good. And then um, the goalies that they've had in relief of Coro i uh, been really good too. So there's a lot of bright spots and then, you know what, look at, look to the Toledo uh, walleye too, cause they're doing really well. And Jake Patterson is leading the pack down there. So, um, you know, there's a lot of bright spots, uh, you know, and the Griffins are definitely, uh, right up there. Um, and, uh, I think, uh, a couple of names that definitely pop out, you know, as the, the Robbie Russo, uh, um, he's been, he's been good. Martin Firk has been real good. Uh, but, uh, the biggest one is Thomas Nosek. Uh, he's, I think he's, if not right on par with it, uh, he might be a little over, he's been a point per game and he's kicking a lot of ass down there and he's probably the next one due for uh, a call up if, if need be. So yeah, they're, uh, they're doing real well. So, um, if you can watch it, the game, hey, get out to a game cause they're fun right now.
1: Yeah, you hit the nail right on the head with uh, Nozak. He's uh, 1.04 points per game, 25 points in 24 games played. There you go. He's so, playing
0: good hockey right now,
1: which is yeah. great. Yeah, a bunch of those guys are playing pretty good hockey. Um, I mean, nowhere near like the uh, league leader in the AHL who's got, I, I think, 50 points already on the season. Our, our team leader is uh, 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 Hat Dorito with uh, 32. But, um, I, I mean, Russo and Hickets are, are leading the defense with, uh, 19 and 14 points, respectively. That's not quite the same pace that Russo was putting up last year. But I, you talk about, um, Nozick being due for a call up. I think, uh, Russo needs to get called up here pretty soon. And, uh, um, if they do start the fire sale, get Hickets up for a game or two and at least, you know, show them what's up.
3: Yeah, I agree. The, uh, the door at defense should be a little bit more, uh, should revolve a little bit faster. Um, DDT DTD tank uh, basically asked the follow-up, like, we know that guys like Svechnikov, uh, sorry, RV, Holmes from Rattusi, will, will wear the winged wheel. Uh, what's your outlook on others, such as Sadoway, Terjan, Nastasjic, uh, Hicketts, Renouf, Nosek, etc.? So, let's see, we touched on everybody, but we didn't talk about Renouf, Sadoway, Terjan, or Nastasjic. I'll say uh, got sent back down to Toledo again. Uh, his His prospects are toast by now. I don't think he'll ever hit the the NHL, uh, but the other guys—I don't know. Still holding out quite a bit of hope for them. Yeah, uh, uh
0: I mean, you're looking at just like another Landon Ferraro, basically. Maybe he could be a bottom six fourth line player, but it's not going to be an effective. He just doesn't translate to that effect, which sucks because you know he was a second round pick. So yeah, whatever. But that's 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 how it works. Uh, Renault still don't know what he's going to turn into. Um, he's not going to be a mainstay by any means. Um, sadway, I need more time to watch him because I still have no idea what he's going to be
1: like. Um, well, sadway has got to kind of got to grow into the position because he plays that tough net front spot, but he's only 21. I mean, it's yeah, essentially a league where he's, yeah, he, it's a league where he's essentially playing against grown ass men. Now he's, oh. he's got two years till he gets a call up.
0: Uh, well, I mean, that's, that's everybody. I mean, he's just that's he's that kind of a prospect. He's not yeah. Dylan Larkin, um, you know. But whatever, we'll see. Uh, we, he needs time. We will see what he ends up being. Um, yeah. Sarge Harvey, um, you know, he, he's not at the AHL level yet, but he'll be. He's probably the the best defensive prospect we have outside of uh, Hickets and Russo. So, you know, that I'm real excited to see what he does. But. Um, yeah, I think the, I think, I mean, I don't know. I just, it, 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 the Red Wings prospects are kind of underwhelming, you know, so there's not like they're doing well and that's great, but you know, I don't see any players that are going to be game changers by what I see. So,
3: you know, it's going to take time. Maybe they develop into it though. You never, you never really know. Yeah, right uh, Let's see. And Xander uh, Ford had a, pretty good answer to that one too it goes in in detail on on a lot of guys so uh hop in there and and read that for for more information uh bus 13 kind of talks about the the garage sale and in terms of if they actually do realize they need to sell off assets uh since this isn't a very strong draft like are there any prospects out there we may want to try to grab and i will tell you honestly i do not follow other teams prospects i have no clue if they're not in the league i don't give a shit about them uh but in case any of you all feel differently feel free to answer no i don't really care about other teams (laughs) prospects yeah unless they're unless they're they're big name prospects i don't really care yeah so at this point it's trade for picks um And they don't necessarily have to be 2017 picks. Like,
0: uh, outside of, like, the, uh, like, when I say big-name prospects, I think of, like, players who were drafted in the first round, players who are in the AHL, um, just because it's hard for me to follow along junior hockey nowadays. um, You know, I think in an article I had uh, proposed that the Red Wings, if they were to make a trade uh, with Mike Green and they could move them to, uh, like, a a team like CVJ or something like that, uh, uh, you know, you would hope that you could get a, prospect like Gabriel Carlson out of him or something like that, uh, you know, a middling uh, a decent defensive prospect or something like that. So, you know, prospects are, you know, they're they're always they're just, usually they're just uh, um, should I put this? Uh, they, they're they complementary <laughs> trade pieces. Um, you know, you're hoping that you're trading, you're getting a first round pick and then you get like a, you know, like a B rate prospect. A guy who might See the NHL one day, but who knows? You know, it's just like a yeah, we'll take him too. That you yeah, know, we'll see what happens with that. You never know. So,
3: yeah, like if uh, if draft picks are, are lottery tickets and prospects, they're kind of like scratchers where there's already like one cherry showing, right? Good <laughs> right, si- yeah. good silence yeah. there. Tromboner Will wants to uh, give us uh, an opportunity to give grades on each player. Uh, I'll only accept incomplete. are Bartuzzi, Jensen, and Coro. Uh, unlike Colfin, who did Colfin gave a lot of incompletes, um, and you can do better than a B plus for Ot like Helene Saint James, right? Uh, <laughs> we don't need to go up and down the lineup, but um, outside of Riley Shane, like Riley Shane's getting an F from everybody, right? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Ha, has to. So outside of him, who's your next lowest graded wing in terms of? Performance in relative to expectations. Um, I'll go ahead and say that
0: in terms of expectations, that's the big one though. Because <laughs> who have I expected? Uh, I'm going to give Justin yeah. Ablocator a solid D minus. Yeah, despite the despite the the injury, I don't want to fucking hear it about the injury though. It's, I'm, I'm going to give him. Sorry. I'm giving him a D minus.
2: Um, for me, the uh, you know the lowest uh, for expectation would probably be Morazic, I think.
0: Yeah, he's up there too. Yeah, that's really a good answer. Yeah. Yeah, Mrazik is right there. Um, but for me, I Abdul Like, I know his contract sucks, but I still expect him to be some sort of an impact player, and he just doesn't. Hasn't looked like
2: it. Yeah, and I mean, like, like how frustrating is it to see him? You know, last night take another bad penalty. You know I mean? Yeah. Like, at some point, like, isn't he going to, you know, I mean, you got to think, isn't he going to learn at some point? I mean, like, that's just, you know, it's just a pattern now, and it sucks. Yeah, you
3: can tell what he's trying to do. He's trying to bring the energy, but basically, he's essentially no better than, than ought in that, in terms of how well he's doing that. Mm-hmm. And I think rounding out the uh, disappointing, even though uh, we probably didn't have as, as high expectations as the organization did, uh, Danny DeKaiser's got to be the only other, that, uh, Real bad, struggling. Uh, yeah. D yeah. grade. Um, let's see. In terms of the the highest grades right now, I mean, you've got uh, Vanek has to be huge up there. Yeah. Vanek, Green, uh, Mantha, Mantha
0: Howard.
1: Yeah, um, Mantha has to absolutely get an A plus. If Mantha's uh, not head of the class, I I don't know.
0: I'll give who him. A, is? I'll give him. A, I'll give him an A minus. He'll get
1: an A plus if he scores twenty goals. He's on pace, too.
0: Well, you know, uh, Justin Ablicator at one point last year was on pace to score 238 goals. So, whatever. <laughs> I mean...
1: As, as, uh, as a for chance would say, fuck your small sample size. <laughs>
0: yeah, take your okay. small sample size and just, uh, tea, just get teabagged.
3: Hmm. So let's touch on some of the more um, uh, tough-to-grade guys. Hmm. Nyquist and Tatar. We we can't separate them. We might as well. I mean, you can you can give them different grades, but we're going to talk about both of them. Uh, Peter, what are you giving
2: grades to to both of those guys? Let me. I think I I, I, I think they've probably got to be somewhere in the C range, like give or take a little bit, um, because it's not like you know, it's not like if you watch them, they're like dogging it or like they're not doing it. Like, I mean. You know, how many times has Nyko's been in the right position and not scored? So, you know, the right position is the positive part. The not scoring is the negative part. You know, and some of it's, you know, you know, some, some of it just like, you know, like the puck bounces or stuff like that. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, like, I, I think for both of those, that's, that's definitely where I'm at. Like right around the C range. Um, yeah, I mean, m- maybe... Maybe closer to the plus than the minus. Maybe like C plus. No, I I'd wow. just I'd round it out at a C for mm-hmm. both.
1: Like, um, uh, probably I think I'd do like a C plus for Tatar and maybe a C or a C minus for Nyquist because I, I feel like Nyquist just hasn't stirred the drink the same way he has in the past. Both of them need to put up more though. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, Nyquist had a real strong start to the season uh, where he was playing forward and backward really well, and then it, he kind of dropped off. Um, so I I, yeah. I agree, we're right in the C range for both of them. Um, it still feels like they're unfairly... And obviously, like they got Ds from, from a lot of the diggers. Uh, no. No. <laughs> Imagine, I'm honestly amazed Nyquist didn't get an F from Helene. <laughs> but then, if you give Nyquist an F, what do you, you can't? There's not a grade low enough to give uh, Shan there.
1: So like, <laughs> Yeah, Shan it must broke have been the all earth. those scarves he got Helene for Christmas. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so, all right, uh, let's see. Moving on. Uh, hey, Wingnut want to talk about the expansion draft. What do you two think? <laughs>
0: I don't have much comment on that right now. I think we've said before that we're going to cover that in extents when it gets
3: closer. Yeah, we will. Okay, but would you rather see a mouse-sized Manta or an (laughs) elephant-sized Erickson? Mouse-sized Manta.
2: Yeah.
3: I would take the elephant-sized Erickson. No, why would you take an (laughs) elephant-sized anything, you fucking asshole? Like, what? Because first, if you make Mantha mouse-sized, you take away Mantha's size, and that hurts the Red Wings more. And two, an elephant-sized Ericsson would be able to uh, effectively clear the net front more often. But you didn't. I'm sorry. Okay, just okay. So just to be more clear,
0: not would you would you replace one with th- this? Not like you're replacing Mantha with a mouse-sized Mantha, or you're replacing? It? <laughs> I thought it was like, would you just rather have? What would you rather have, like around your fucking
3: house? Well, literally, it says, "Would you rather see?" And I would rather see uh, Jonathan Erickson the size of an elephant. That would be. I'd rather see. I'd
0: rather see neither of them, and just the same. That's right now. That's a bad answer. I don't give
3: a shit. This is my (laughs) answer. I know. I know. I'm. I'm giving you permission to have a bad answer. I'm just telling you. Thank you. Uh, let's see if the Wings draft <laughs> high, is there anyone worth getting excited about? Kyle, go ahead and give us a rundown there.
0: Um, you got a few names. Um, but like I said, Nolan Patrick, great prospect, uh, not Austin Matthews, not Patrick line, not Mitch Marner. Um, definitely not Connor McDavid. Um, so, you know, you're looking at a guy who probably projects to be what, um, you know, you see what William Nylander is, uh, something like that, maybe, um, not a cornerstone, uh, not a, you know, but a great prospect, uh, potential to be elite. Um, I'm, I don't know. I haven't gotten to watch Lizard green play much, so I can't comment on him confidently yet. I know that he's good. He's a really good shifty skater. And, um, but you know, I, I gotta, I gotta wait. He was out for a while cause he had mono. So yeah, I, I don't know. I gotta wait on that one. Um, I have to read more, read out more on him, but, uh, so after watching the, uh, um, the world juniors, uh, the name that I really want is Nico Hishire, the, uh, the Swiss kid, um, playing in, uh, the QMJHL. That kid is sick. Uh, he's a center. Um, he could very, I mean, I think he's probably going to go over Lizzie So, um, I think, you know, <laughs> I don't know if Red Wings will get into that range, but, um, yeah, you'll, you'll, you'll see more from me, uh, in more sense, uh, outside, I'm not going to divvy into a bunch of names, but those are the three names. Obviously, the Patrick, the Lulegran, and uh, and then uh, his shire. So, um, you know, and you, you'll see more from me uh, as uh, as uh, rankings are released and all that stuff. Uh, well, you had me at
3: he's a center, so he is
0: a center, yeah. And I think the Red Wings are either they should draft a center or a defenseman. And so, and it's probably going to be a center because they drafted a defenseman last year.
3: Alright, moving on. Timmy Timmons asked a question and then went down a freaking rabbit hole, so we'll just start with the, the, the intro. Uh, do you think officiating in all sports, but hockey, because duh, uh, is mired in the mud of tradition and needs to be completely overhauled in order to keep up with the pace of modern times, or do you think the officials are fine and three dudes skating around the same way they have for 30 or 40 years is totally cool and in no way representative of the monarchic power structures existent in professional sports? Wow. I don't know how to answer that.
1: I have not I, smoked enough weed for that.
3: <laughs> I His his whole idea is essentially um, replace the refs with a bunch of volunteers yeah. to call penalties. Um, I think it's a little... It's a creative idea, but I, I don't think you're going to get a better system. You'd get a lot more argument and a lot more fun in that. But I'm the kind of person that I personally don't
0: have a, an issue with the way games are called um I, it's really not that bad but then again i'm not one that complains about officiating very often it's sports that's what you deal with you deal with shitty officiating it's a part of the whole thing like in any sport you deal with bad calls and they go against you and it sucks and you hate it and you want to you want to grab the official by his stupid fucking head and just call him a dipshit and Tell him that his kid's going to be an idiot when he grows up or something. I don't know. Yeah, That's what you do. This is sports. Like, that's a part of it. You won't be able to fix it. Um, and I don't want him to fix it. I think it's fine. So, I, But then again, I'm b- heavily biased because unless it's Game 7 of uh, the Stanley Cup Final in overtime uh, and it doesn't change the guy, like, I don't give a shit.
1: Yeah, I, I, I don't think they need to really revamp the system. Um I mean, essentially, there are certain aspects of the reps on the ice that you can't replace with crowdsourcing, like you know, fight mitigation and you know, being able to separate guys and uh, all that kind of stuff. And having one guy on the ice to to handle that is just not going to go well for for anybody. But um, like with you, what what you said, Kyle, you, the, the errors are just kind of something you have to be able to play above. Um, now, if, if you want to talk about being able to better train the refs so that they're more consistent. I don't know what the NHL goes through as far as refing standards. Um, I actually used to work with somebody who was an NCAA football ref um, and every every game he did they actually got grades on it um, immediately afterwards they would go back and they would watch like the condensed version of the game to see you know what they missed what they called wrong, all that kind of stuff and, and there were penalties for it. I don't know if the NHL does anything like that, but I would have to imagine they do. Um, but maybe something just to step that up so you don't see, you know, like, like uh, in the Chicago game, Henrik Zetterberg's six snap in half with, with a strong breeze as, as the refs must have thought it was. Um, but, but, I mean, in a perfect world, you know, you look at the, the refing standard and it's like, okay, seven to one, that's the kind of thing I want to see. Like if one team is being an asshole, then yeah, call them for it and don't feel the need to make up calls on the other side, but just make sure you're not missing the calls. That's the only thing I think needs to happen.
3: Um, Bad riffing does not make the game more entertaining for me. It makes it way less entertaining. So I don't think that they need to make any massive overhaul changes. Uh, I know that the NHL does specifically have um, grading system in place and Refs who consistently do a poor job are given less favorable opportunities. I also know that the referee the referee union is um, extremely sensitive about having to take public criticism with being you know having names named because they get that from the fans already without the league essentially throwing them under the bus. Uh, I still think that the um, that there should be a little bit more clarity in terms of saying, you know, at the end of the season, we had so many refs who graded very well consistently and so many. Like, just give us vague stats. That's, that's all I want. I want. I want to argue about that. I want to try to figure out, like, who was the best ref in the NHL last season in the NHL's opinion and who should be the guy who is is really relied upon? And I guess you could already figure that out by telling you know, which guys are in the are roughing the, the cup final. But like I don't know, it's it's just extremely uh, aggravating to me to to see shit like that Chicago game. And I know that I'm I'm biased too because there have been times where the Red Wings have gotten away with freaking murder um, that has has driven the other fan bases crazy. But uh, and that I'm not as sensitive to that as as I am to the Red Wings getting screwed. Uh, It just it sucks. I don't know. I just don't think there's there's not a good solution, but
2: change just for the sake of change. I don't care. Yeah. I mean, just real quick, like the only, uh, you know, the the, the, the one thing I can think of um, that would definitely be an improvement would be um, kind of going back after games and. You know, like, there's there's so many times that, like, like these kind of really dirty or dangerous plays, like, don't get called. Um, and I think the league can do a better job of going back after the game, you know, maybe if the ref missed it. Um, or, if you know, maybe they called a penalty, but, like, if you look at it, it was, like, a really dangerous hit. Um, I think, you know, the league could do a better job of going back and, you know, penalizing players. Uh, In terms of suspensions, like they seem to miss a lot. And like if it wasn't called during the game, more often than not, there's the league's not going to take a look at it. And I think they could do better uh, in that regard. Yeah,
3: player safety picking up the slack would be really good. Um, ENSRW, even though we might not make the playoffs this year, I want to be a playoff team next year. Is selling green in the best interest of the Red Wings if they want to make the playoffs next year?
1: Anybody? Mike? Uh, Oh, God. Um, I don't know. It, it it all depends on the kind of return we would be able to, to get for Green. Um, I mean, we're obviously not going to be able to get a defenseman who's as good as him, so that would kind of lend itself to getting forwards in return for him if, if we're talking about immediately making the playoffs and then having prospects step up. Um, and I don't know that we have the prospects to be able to do it. That's not saying it's impossible. But given what we've seen this year, I, I don't think any anybody we've seen so far is the next Mike Green in the making. Um, so, yeah, I, I think in, in terms of improving the forward core, Green gives you a shot to do that. Uh, but I think it's a long shot. You'd have to really fleece somebody, and I don't think we've got the defense to cover up for it. So if you want to make the playoffs next year, I think you have to keep Green. Prepare to be disappointed.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think the way that the question is phrased If you want to make the playoffs next year, then keeping green is in your best interest.
3: I I don't think there's any two ways around that. There's no way you're going to trade green off this year and end up being better without Mike Green and with whatever you get next year. Trading green off this year means you're getting something that you're hoping pans out in the three- or four-year range. So in that realm, don't trade green if you want to make the playoffs next year. Jeff Hancock wants to know Do you guys miss Brendan Smith as much as he does? I don't think that's possible. Physically impossible. Uh, Real quick, what's wrong with Ryan Sproul? Nothing. He's just a young player.
0: Just, good God, let the kids make mistakes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's not Brendan Smith here. It's a kid who's in his first year in the NHL. Uh, So let's just, you know, let him make his mistakes and learn.
3: I do worry Ryan Sproul isn't that smart, but... Uh, Whatever, I mean, you know, it's, I don't have to be smart to be a hockey player. That's true. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I'm just being uh, picky there. For sure. Uh, could Mantha finish in the top five for the Calder? No.
2: Yeah, just because of the competition. Yeah,
1: yeah he no, would have it's to not, do something... It's not going to happen. Yeah. He would have to be inhuman. Through the second half of the year to even get into the conversation,
0: he would have to hit a stride of basically point and a half what? per game. No, he'd have to he'd have to go on a Nyquist tear where he's shooting like twenty percent for like the rest of the season. And I just don't think that's going to happen.
1: Point and a half per game through the rest of, through the rest of the season would give him another sixty points on top of whatever he's got right now. Yeah, it's not going to happen. So oh yeah, absolutely isn't gonna happen. But I gotta think that if if it could <laughs> that's probably about what it takes to get him into the Calder conversation at this point.
3: Mantha would probably have to get himself into the heart conversation to get into the Calder <laughs> yeah, conversation. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah.
1: Yes. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Uh Bird Tire with a really good question. Um, if you could add a rule to the game, what would it be? My buddy asked me if I could think of any in-game rules that could be added to make hockey at the NHL level better. I could only think of ones I'd like to remove. Your thoughts? Adding one, uh, I
0: would make uh, no, because I would be changing one. Um, yeah, I would. Uh, I would add uh, the rule that um, coaches could challenge. I don't know if this is. It's not a rule. God
3: damn it! <laughs> no. Alright. <laughs> Anybody else got one you'd like to...
2: Um, I'm trying to think if this would be a rule. Um, people were bringing up the other day, and I think it was one of the Quick Hits comment section, um, about how dumb it is that every single big hit, if, you know, whether, you know, like, clean hits, basically is then an instant fight. Um, you know, so maybe, a, like, a rule... Of, I mean, like, again, like that would be kind of like changing a rule. Um, you know, something to get rid of. Yeah, like something to get rid of. Um, you know, there's a big clean hit, and then immediately that guy then has to fight. Like I don't, I don't like that.
1: I like it. No, you, you know what? How about more fighting in the game? That that might be all we have to look forward to for the next. Uh, Little bit. How about it if uh, if two or more players from your team are engaged in a fight? So if there's two battles going on on the ice, your coaches have to hop off the bench and duke it out at center ice.
0: Uh, I've got a good rule change. Um, if you are playing my favorite team, and the rule is that you have to start the game <laughs> down by two goals,
1: <laughs> and maybe then we could get more overtime losses. Maybe.
3: Um, I would specifically add, and this is, ties into uh, what Peter was talking about, I would specifically add an intent to injure rule, uh, not a something that is already added on to basically every other rule, but if you make a play where you absolutely look like you're trying to hurt somebody. Uh you get punished for it. Uh specifically like the the problem with the Ryan Kessler hit was totally within the rules, but everybody knows it was fuck it was dirty. The one that knocked Mike Green out for a couple weeks. Yeah. Um under any it would be incredibly hard to write and that's the problem because under any um Reasonable argument, like, oh, you got to play hard with 17 seconds left in the game. You can't say the Ducks wouldn't have come back and, and been able to tie it up if if not for that Ryan Kessler hit. Um, but he wasn't separating Mike Green from the puck. He was just punishing him for previously having had the puck. Um, shit like that. Um, like I said, I, I don't know how to write it, but I think that it, it goes along with the, the player safety thing, too. Um, make people pay for playing like shitheads. Yeah, I'm on board. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Officiating question. Uh, question from Rainy, California. Robbie Russo was in training camp for the Wings and looked really good. Um, despite all of the really good-looking, he's been passed over in favor of Lashoff Jensen. Can you explain why Russo got little to no love from the Red Wings front office? I will explain. Uh, he's still waiver-exempt. Yeah, that's yep. the only That's the only one. Yep. Yeah, Griffin's Ness actually writes about how he's... Um, Really offensively good, but he's not defensively sound enough yet, and that's another good reason. But right now, the Red Wings are, have been carrying eight defensemen all season long because of waiver exemptions. Uh, Rus was not going to get a look there. No. Uh, Copper City Wing. Would we have been better off with a turnip as GM rather than Kenny <laughs> ever since Babs left? Mm, no, because turnips are vegetables. So <laughs> <laughs>
1: they, they always turn know. up at the wrong time. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs>
3: It, it wouldn't exactly be radical, but it would be rad-ish.
1: Uh-huh. <laughs> JJ, that was a 24-carat joke you made right there.
0: <laughs> Whatever is going on right now is bullshit.
3: <laughs> You're welcome. We'll get to the root of this. Fuck you. <laughs> all right. uh, Let's see, J-Dub, uh, we all saw... Ott get a ton of praise for his fight versus Anaheim, which caused the spark for the comeback win. Uh, in the next couple of games, our prize assets of Mantha and A both decided to uncharacteristically get into fights. Uh, could all the praise heaped on Ott for his fighting spark and the tough love given to Mantha <laughs> AA actually cause one of those guys to do something stupid and get hurt by getting in more fights in the name of trying to please and impress Blashill? I mean, I don't think they're trying to impress Blashill. Um,
0: I, I can't say, but yeah, I mean, if they're trying to fight more, uh, if they're fighting it, you're going to hurt yourself. And what, didn't Brendan Smith like fuck his hand up, uh, fighting like an idiot, uh, yeah. like last season or something like it, it just like, let the knuckle draggers drag the knuckles. Don't, you know, you got soft Mantha? you got soft hands, man. Just let it, let it be. You no, know, you know what? Go ahead and fight, fight
3: everybody. I don't care. Yeah. I don't think that the, Dumb narrative about what Odd is doing is is causing Mantha and Aa to be any more willing to fight. Um, I think that they're young guys, and the young guys sometimes get hot headed. And like, I don't think they were specifically trying to spark their teams. Mantha Mantha's fight was actually like some guy gave him a pop, and he gave him a little slash on the ankles and the, uh, the the calf. And before you knew it, like the gloves were going down. I think Mantha kind of learned. <laughs> like, hey, maybe cool your jets there, buddy. Um, yeah. And AA was was honestly really furious at the guy when when he threw down there. I, I don't think it was it was kind of planned. I just think it was uh, spur of the moment.
1: Yeah, the AA one reminded me a lot more of um, Larkin's fight earlier this year, where it was just kind of uh, um, two guys jawing at each other and shit escalated, and you know, before you know it, there it goes. I, I don't think it's I don't think it's been anything planned or, or those guys thinking in practice, you know, oh, man, I just need to pop somebody in the face to, to get Coach to notice me. You know, it's just, you, you know, tensions are running high. This is, in all likelihood, the first team in 26 years, 25 seasons, that's going to miss the playoffs. I mean, all people right. are pissed. Let them vent.
0: Yeah, no more just talking don't about vent f- too much. Yeah, no more talking about
3: fighting. I'm fucking sick of it. What do you do, But You do to fight? No. Don't worry, we're almost done here. Uh, hey, Nick Moore, how many games does it take Shane to score his first goal of the season? <laughs> um,
2: how many games left?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think we'll get it soon.
1: Yeah, he'll get it.
0: Yeah, uh,
3: mm, game uh, 63. I say, I, yeah, I say he probably goes another 15 games. Does uh, Tatar reach 100 career goals by the end of the season? He needs 17 more. No. Yeah, I'm calling that a long shot. Possible, yeah. but no. Yeah, he'd have to go on a search. If that happens, then the Red Wings will be in good shape uh, in terms of the standings. And which Red Wing player has the most goals by the end of the season? Um, yeah. uh, I'm going
0: to go ahead and say Vanek, probably, because, uh, yeah, I'll go ahead and say Vanek. Uh, does it count
1: if you don't think Vanek's going to be on the team at the end <laughs> yeah, of the season? That
3: fucking counts. Yeah. He's a Red Wing now. Yeah. Um, I
0: I would say it could either be uh it would be Vanek or um I still think Larkin could probably keep it up, but yeah, No Mantha's the 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 uh, the popular choice. I'm just deviating. I think Larkin <laughs> will heat back up and uh, we'll take over the goal lead. Yeah, which is funny, kid. Which is like fucked up because like Larkin is so not a goal scorer, but like he's not like a pure goal scorer. That's not like his bread and butter. Um. And yet here he is, like, you know, one of the best Doing goal scorers that we have. And I don't know if that's like, obviously it's great, but, you know, it's kind of like a reflection of how shitty this team is at fucking scoring goals.
3: Yeah, it is kind of weird because you can tell Larkin would really like a finisher, but every yeah. time he's been, like, given a finisher, like, it just hasn't worked out like that. It's, right. it's weird. Um, he'll find his groove. And then uh, Datsuki and Freak, I have a question I'd like your thoughts on. That's a good warning. <laughs> Does anyone think that the manner of Datsuk's departure would make it easier for guys like Zeer or Cronwell to retire rather than going on long-term injury reserve to save us the recapture if for some reason it came to that? Obviously, the situation is very different. I doubt they would do it. But what if, say, family obligations came into it? Uh,
0: it's, it's completely different. Um, it, it really is. Uh, because you can't just go to, you can't just say, Oh, Hey, um, you know, my, my kid is sick. I'm not going to be able to play hockey anymore. Just put me on long-term injured reserve for the rest of my career. It doesn't fucking work like that. Um, but I, you know, I don't know. I, it's just, it's a, it's a different situation. Um, because if. Henrik Zetterberg came out next year and said I need to retire. Um I would be I would be like totally fine with that. I'd be like okay, yeah I man, you probably you probably do. Uh, I mean I I you know if it was for if he had a legit reason of course, like my back is fucked, I can't mm-hmm. I, I I don't I don't live a day without, you know, pain or something like that. Um you know, obviously I'd give him my blessings and and thank him for everything and let him go. It's not like Pavel Datsuk where he's just copping out and just wants to fuck
3: off, like, whatever. Um, well, I think you could end up with a decently similar situation with Henrik Zetterberg where, like, my heart is back in Sweden. I want to go play in the Swedish Elite League. Um, I'm leaving. Go ahead and uh, – because Pavel Datsuk isn't retired from the NHL. He is suspended. Um <laughs> it's just that weird kind of, well, you're, we you, we don't have to pay you. Um, but we're also not going to like complain to the IIHF about you either. Um, you know, if, if Zetterberg said, you know, oh, you know, Emma really wants to go back home and my heart is really there. And I, I've, I've always wanted to, you know, play in front of my home Swedish crowd, uh, Honestly, I think the NHL might really end up trying to fuck the Red Wings for trying to do that, uh, for essentially finding another loophole to get out of the rule that they created because the Red Wings found the loophole in the first place. <laughs>
1: well,
3: um, that'd be great. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I am I'm, like the idea. Uh, it would super-duper tarnish Zetterberg's reputation because I think Datsu yeah. got away with it in in a way that I don't think anybody else could get away with it.
0: Yeah, and uh, <laughs> honestly, I don't expect that out of Zetterberg. Because, yeah, yeah. Uh, Zetterberg uh, I don't know Zetterberg's agent but I know that his agent isn't Dan Mil- Milstein. and I know that Zetterberg is a wholesome genuine human being and you know he actually loves this city and he loves playing here and all that stuff and you know uh, it's not like that's where the dude just didn't fucking want to be here so whatever I think it's a completely different situation but no I I don't think it's going to I don't think it's going to influence anything I I really don't I don't think it's, it's yeah. I'm I'm gonna go ahead and believe that it won't influence. Uh, you know, Pavel Datsuk's antics won't influence uh, uh, Henrik
3: Zetterberg. I'd agree. Yeah. yeah. That's uh, that does it for our reader questions. So all thank right. you all for excellent questions. Yeah, good good round this
0: uh, this 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 episode. Um. All right. Any uh final hockey related thoughts before we depart?
3: Did you feel like a genius as a kid when you figured out that you could whistle on the intake as well as the exhale? Um, you know, I didn't find I didn't discover that until I was like a teenager because I never tried. So, did, but, but it, did I, it make you feel like But I did. A, like yeah, it was like it was like, "Oh, that's that's fucking cool." Like you had literally <laughs> invented a new form of whistling.
0: Right. Yeah, it's kind of like uh oh, uh, what's a what's a good way uh, what's a good one there? Um, yeah, it's like Realizing that if you wear your underwear one day and you flip it inside out, you can wear it for another day. Yeah, it's like the same thing. Yeah, like you've cracked, the, you've beaten life itself. Yeah, you just <laughs> took life by the fucking horns and you just looked at right in its stupid little fucking eyes and you said, fuck you. That's right. Suck my ass, life. I
3: can whistle <laughs> both ways.
0: Uh, and I can whistle out my ass, too.
3: <laughs> I'm
0: just a whistling guy. All right, that's not hockey related, but I'll take it. Uh, any other hockey-related thoughts? Uh, oh, you know what? Maybe, maybe this is a good one. I don't give a flying shit about the All-Star Game.
1: Is it? Are, is anybody else going to watch the All-Star Game, or am I going to be the only one?
3: I watch the skill. I watch. I, I skill, I'll watch. I I'll watch, yeah. I'll watch the skills competition for sure. Okay. I love the All-Star Game. I know a lot of people don't give a shit about it. I appreciate that we can live peacefully with some of us giving a shit and some of us not giving a shit. It's great. You're wrong. Yeah. Okay, uh, so
0: for... Absolutely not. Uh, for JJ, uh, for Mike, for Peter, and your host, me, Kyle, um, this has been another episode of wing in Bowtown Radio. A successful one. Uh, everybody have a wonderful Bye. week. Bye. And uh, <laughs> don't do anything stupid. And you can whistle <laughs> both ways <laughs> take care everybody <laughs> bye
1: just win-